My screen says meeting is now streaming live on YouTube. We're good. We're ready? Yes. Oh, good job, Lori. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, I'm Rick Leaf, chair of the Master Plan Implementation Committee. This open meeting of the Master Plan Implementation Committee is being conducted remotely pursuant to Chapter 22 of the Acts of 2022 and act relative to extending COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency signed into law July 16, 2022. All members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. This act allows the Master Plan Implementation Committee to meet entirely remotely, so long as reasonable public access is afforded, the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda, <clears throat> unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northboro Remote Meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. Members, when I call your name, please respond to me in, in the affirmative. Uh, Julianne Hirsch. Here. Amy Paretsky. Here. Millie Milton. Here. Ashley Davies. Here. Uh, Bill Peterson. I think Bill is on yet. Fran Backstrom. Fran, are you muted? I see your name on the list. I said here. Oh, ah, no. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You have such a quiet voice. Gene uh, Kennedy. Here. Gene Cahill. Here. Rick Leaf is here, and John Campbell said he'd be a little bit late. I don't see him yet. And Dario DeMar. Here. And from the staff, uh, Lori Connors. Here. Is Scott with us tonight, Lori? Hello? Lori? Uh -oh. No, he's not going to be joining us. Okay, that completes the attendance. Um, okay, um, for tonight's meeting, we have uh, two items on the agenda. One is an update on the status of the RFP for the downtown study. The other is an update on complete streets. And then we do have a couple of uh, versions of minutes, May and June to review. So let's get started with item one, which is an update on the... Uh, RFP for the downtown study. So Lori, why don't you tell us what's going on? Okay, Chair. I'm happy to report that we received four responses uh, today by the deadline of noon. Um, and those responses were received from the BSC group McCabe Enterprises, oh, I'm, I'm hearing this in studio, so uh, let me figure out how to mute. Uh, anybody know how to mute in, oh, here we go. 
Okay, I think that fixes it. You sound okay now. All right. Yeah, that sounds much better. It's very distracting when I'm echoing back to myself. Okay, so we received uh, from BSC Group, McCabe Enterprises, VHB Group, and Weston and Samson Engineers. Um, so two of those I have had experience working with, and of course, uh, you folks have all worked with the VHB Group. I have seen them on the other side of the table, but I have not uh, had uh, experience working with them as a consultant. McCabe Enterprises is new to me. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you folks have worked with them in the past. No. Dario, have you worked with them by any chance? He's muted. Dario, you're muted if you're talking. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we did a long, long time ago. Okay, great. Um, so I've already reached out to the folks on the selection committee. Um, so the, the staff members who are going to be represented on the selection committee are John Kinnair and Scott. Um, so they already have the four proposals. I made up a little report card. So uh, what I did is I used the um, RFP to make up the report card, but definitely those who are on the selection committee need to refer to the RFP as you're going through uh, the various proposals because, um, you know, I, I pretty much did a matrix. So I kind of like summarized, but I didn't put all of the uh, specifics about how you're supposed to rate the various consultants in the report card. So you still have to use the, um, the RFP in order to, to know uh, particularly what would be a highly advantageous proposal uh, versus the other categories. So, um, and then the other thing is I did end up issuing an addendum. I got questions from about four different consultants. A couple of the questions were repetitive. Um, so I went ahead and prepared an addendum in response to those questions. Uh, two of the questions had to do with the page length. So they were interested in seeing if um, resumes and like the table of contents could be omitted from the uh, page length. So I went ahead and agreed to that. Um, then unfortunately somebody asked me about, <laughs> about um, what our budget was. So I was hoping that that question wasn't going to come up um, because I suspected that the original VHB proposal was uh, kind of out there as far as costs were concerned. I was thinking that it could be done for less, um, but they asked the question. So I had to give an answer of how much money had been appropriated. Um, so I have not opened up any of the price proposals as of yet. Generally, we do that after uh, we already evaluate, we go through the first pass of evaluations. Um, 
we check the references, and then we open up, uh, we, so we identify who we're gonna interview, uh, we do the interviews, and then we open up the price proposals, um, and that's like the final weight of who we're gonna finally go with. Um, so the, I was a little bit disappointed about that. Oh, and then they did ask for some clarification. Uh, there was a, a typo in there about what would be Appendix A and what would be Appendix B and the uh, question about the insurance requirements. So we ended up providing them with a sample contract uh, which specified out the insurance requirements. So. Um, I think that everybody felt comfortable that they had sufficient information to respond. So I've already started reviewing the proposals and um, I, feel, I feel really good that we're gonna um, have a great consultant on board and uh, that we're gonna enjoy this experience. So um, now of course, Everybody I know is in a rush. You wanna get this uh, end result as quickly as possible. And we did end up losing some time uh, with the release of the RFP. So my proposal that I sent out today before the meeting was um, those who are on the selection committee, if you could get the various proposals maybe tomorrow, and then review them over the weekend. Then we could find a time next week that works for everybody. We could either do an in-person uh, sit-down meeting where we discuss our various uh, ratings, come up with a consensus and determine who we're gonna interview. Or we could do that in a Zoom meeting if an in-person meeting isn't gonna work. Um, so far, uh, it looked like Thursday was gonna be the best day for the vast majority of us, but I just received uh, an email from John Kadare saying that he's not gonna be available till four o'clock on Thursday. Um, and unfortunately, I have a childcare issue. I'm not available at four because I have to pick up my daughter at camp. Um, so we'll just have to email with each other to see if we can find an alternative time. I don't know if those who are on the selection committee are maybe available on Wednesday instead. Does that work for you folks? Maybe Wednesday afternoon? I have to check my calendar. Hey, quick question, um, Lori. Um, when you answered the questions and told them our budget, you share that with all four applicants, correct? I shared it with everybody. Right. So the way right. it works, the way it works is that when somebody asks a question, um, so I waited until like the deadline for asking questions. And then I sent out an addendum that was then posted on the website. So one of the wonderful things about our website is it goes automatically to everybody who... Right and requested the proposal, so. Yeah, we, we do the same thing. I just wanted to make sure everybody, you know, was on a level playing field and that makes sense. Just just yep. double checking, that's all. Yep, absolutely. 
And that was, uh, I'm glad that I used the website because there were like 42 firms that had asked for RRP. So that would have been a lot of emailing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was thankful that I hadn't, I didn't have to do that one by one. So that was great. So getting back to Wednesday, um, could we do the morning? I prefer the morning. I mean, if we have to do the afternoon, I could do the afternoon. I prefer the morning. But I could I could do either on Wednesday. I am available all day. So uh, how about uh, Ashley, Amy, and Dario? Are you available in the morning? I'm on the road Wednesday through Monday, but I'll try to either phone in or Zoom in, depending. Um, Wednesday and Thursday, I could probably do it, even if I'm I'm driving down to uh, Gettysburg. Oh, I, I was just there like a week and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. You got to so, make sure you take the two-hour tour. The bus tour is awesome. Right. <laughs> well, it sounds I'll like try, maybe... I'll try to phone in or Zoom in. Um, and then from Friday on, I'm tied up. Well, maybe as if we can do something, maybe, maybe we should just, maybe that makes our decision that we do a Zoom given the fact that Dario is not going to be around. The question is, could we do it in the morning? Could we do like nine o'clock on Wednesday morning, do a Zoom session? Ashley I could really and... do that time. How about you, Amy? I'm fine. Uh, Ashley, does that work? Yeah, I'm, um, it could potentially work. I'm in the process. My husband may be away two days next week and he's not sure which two days, so... I'll try to see if I can nail that down tonight and see um, and get back to everyone tomorrow about my availability. Okay. But I don't have anything scheduled at the moment on Wednesday morning. Okay. All right. So why don't All we right. tentatively say that we'll do the, a Zoom session? You know, you can, if you can at some point send out the link or have Michelle send out the link, Lori. Yeah. For now, at least we'll shoot for nine o'clock on Wednesday morning and then we'll see, you know, get confirmation from Ashley. And you said all the packets are ready to be picked up in the planning office. We can just go in there and get them tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so what will be in your packet are the, the four proposals. I'll provide you with a printed copy of the RFP and the addendum, as well as the report card. I emailed the report card to you guys um, as a Word document. What I like to do with the report card is um, I like to take notes, uh, jot down like little notes in the squares um, about, you know, they kind of justify the score. Um, so I don't know if I'm the only one who likes to do that, but I figured I would send it to you as a Word document so that you would have the ability to do so if you wished. Um, the important thing is that the top part of the report card is a yes, no answer. And then the selection criteria, we are ranking from zero to three, three being best, zero being pretty much uh, you stink, you're totally unqualified in this criteria. Um, and then the theory is that when we get together and we aggregate the scores, uh, we will be selecting the ones that get the greatest score. 
Um, so for the interview process, as well as uh, for the final, final analysis. And ultimately, I will need all of your worksheets. So it is a requirement that we keep the uh, paperwork for if anybody were to contest the procurement process, I have to be able to demonstrate um, how all the individuals on the selection committee voted. So if you can um, know that upfront, and uh, I, it's fine if you want to handwrite your responses, but they just have to be somewhat legible. That would be great. That could be a problem, but I'll try my best. <laughs> or I'll you print. can type it. <laughs> I'll print. Okay. Great. So then I think you said, Lori, that you and John will be on vacation um, the following week. But the idea would be that if we could complete this meeting on the 27th and decide who we want to interview, you'd try and get those things set up and try and interview um, the uh, second week in August when you guys are back. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and there is also a reference check. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> with the references, I was thinking that it'd probably be easiest if um, Michelle and I call all the references and then I can do like a summary on each uh, of the various uh, consultants. And then, because there are certain uh, criteria, selection criteria that are based on the references. So rather than having, unless somebody from the committee uh, has a burning desire to spend time uh, interviewing various references, we could come up with like uh, the questions, the same questions that we're gonna ask everybody. Um, so I leave that to you. Does somebody want to help me with the references or would you rather just have Michelle and I do it? I think it'd be more consistent if you and Michelle did it. So I don't have any interest in that. I'm not sure. Anybody else have a burning desire to do references? No, if you're offering, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Okay. Hey, one quick question. How many do we interview? It's up to, uh, it's up to the selection committee. So I figured probably the top two, but maybe it's the top three. So okay. it's whatever so the selection no committee numbers. decides. Huh? Okay. No finite number. I'm just curious. No, no. Okay. To be determined. Thank you. Anybody else have anything else on RFP? Any other Steve? questions or comments from the committee? Is the um, the interview process, is that on Zoom or are you going to do that in person? I suppose that's for the selection committee to decide. Um, we could do it in person or we could do it by Zoom. We could also, if other folks want to listen to the interviews, we can make those available. Uh, what are your thoughts? I feel like since we're not hiring an individual, we're hiring a company, it's okay to do it on Zoom. Okay. But. And Ashley, I guess I'll, I'll butt in a little bit. 
I okay. care more about the individual than the company, period, because whoever's on your job is what it's all about. It honestly doesn't matter to me about the company. It matters to me who's assigned. I mean, that's what I've learned in my profession. You can go to the best architectural firm in the world, and if you get some unexperienced rookie with an attitude, you will get the worst job in the world regardless of the company. It just... And not having done this before, do, do you usually get the person that's going to be assigned to you in the interview? We make them... I, and I, again, the public work, I don't know. When we hire any firm to do any work for us, they have to give us the resume of the person who will be leading the project and the person, if there's a second level person, those two people, because you can flash out great resumes and nobody sees anybody through the duration of the project, which is a classic bait and switch. They have to commit individuals or we don't hire them. And that goes all the way you know, to multi-million dollar construction companies. It's only as good as the superintendent assigned to the job and the, and the project executive. I don't care about the company. Um, I care about the people doing our job. I, and I, I'm not trying to be, you know, weird or arrogant or anything, but it's it's a big deal who's on the job. And the company is, in my case, probably the least um, important thing with respect to, to getting the work done right. So well, that that's point, helpful that to hear. I just wonder, Lori, is, what's your experience been? Is that something that we can ask for? Yeah, so uh, typically in my experience, uh, they usually send two people, one being the principal, who is not generally the one that you see. Uh, they're not the face of the project. Um, and then they send the project manager. So the project manager is a day-to-day -day person uh, that you generally deal with on a project. So that is kind of the key person to me. The principal is that project manager's boss. So usually what the principal is doing is they're just double checking the product and making sure that it meets the uh, standards of the company. But the project manager and then the underlings are the ones who are actually doing the lion's share of the work. So are we within our rights to request at the interview that at a minimum we have the project manager attend the interview? I can absolutely do that. Yep. The other thing... The other ahead, thing, don't allow the principal to dominate the interview process. Direct your questions at the project manager and have he or she step forward and give you the answers to the questions you have. And uh -huh. make sure the principal gets pushed to the side sooner rather than later in the interview process. And they're the salesmen. That's all they are. That's correct. I get it. I, I, it's a big, it just, Lori, so you know, when we do the evaluation matrix, we weight the criteria because there's certain things that are more important than others. And, you know, let's say bonding capacity. All right, they're going to get that or, you know, some simple things. But when we get the superintendent, we weight them one to 10, how important the item is. The superintendent, which is the key person, say, in a construction job, we actually put that down twice. They get 20 of the 100 points because that's how important they are to the project. And then other things, you know, where you work in the area and, and you know, that, that are somewhat important. And it's the same thing when we do engineers to hire and anything like this, to Gene's point, the president can knock your socks off and impress the hell out of you. And then, and then you're stuck with the booby prize. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. 
to have the person doing the work be the person we interview. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yes, and in my experience, the interview kind of kind of is the make it or break it point. So it is important to do the basic evaluation on the proposal itself. But, um, (laughs) you know, if you have somebody weighted as number one, but their interview is terrible, then usually they fall to the bottom of the barrel. So I think it would be helpful for uh, the committee members who are not on the selection committee to at least be able to listen in on the interview process because that would give the selection committee input from other members of the of the committee. Mm-hmm. Sure. I would think too, if you wanna read the RFPs, if you have any input, I don't know, it's up to you guys. But the RFPs, uh, the, the proposals aren't in a PDF format, are they? So I believe they might have sent me a, um, each one sent me a flash drive. I I can't really remember. I'd have to double check my notes, but I only received seven hard copies. So, Um, and also it's important to remember that the seven people who are actually voting, who are on the selection committee are the ones. So we have to make sure that we adhere to the process that we set forth in the RFP. Mm-hmm. And that process says that we have a selection committee and the selection committee is a subcommittee of this committee and is going to be identifying uh, and selecting the, um, the, the successful candidates. So. Okay, that makes sense. How many people will be on the project? Will there just be one project manager? Like I remember I read the uh, proposals for the town common and they all had resumes of the people who were working on the project. Is that what these proposals have to, or is there just one project manager that's going to do the whole project? No, no, there's always multiple disciplines. So there's like a traffic engineer, there's a um, landscape architect, there's uh, one of the proposals, I believe the VHB has a subconsultant that are more focused on the economic development side of things. Um, so it, each proposal has multiple disciplines represented. And so each of those disciplines is looking at a different aspect of the project. So the point person is the project manager. So that's the one that we're we're gonna see at the committee meetings that we're going to direct all of our questions to, but that person isn't the one doing all of the work. So they're kind of like a higher up person. And uh, then they have the multiple disciplines that are gonna be looking at a variety of aspects and kind of feeding, feeding into the project manager their pieces. Did they actually give the resumes of the people who are going to be like the landscape architecture or, or yes. is it just, oh, good. All right. That's good. Yeah. So far I've only uh, really looked at uh, the VHB proposal. So I haven't uh, gotten through the other three yet. 
Um, but I kind of glanced through them quickly because I wanted to make sure that they had the, for the forms and that they had, you know, there's a checklist of items that I'm looking for. So I just kind of breeze through it to make sure that those, uh, I can check off those big categories, but I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty of the others yet. Amy, typically the project manager, they're all over the board whether they have management skills or they may have individual skills as well. So I, I always look at it as the project manager is the conductor of the orchestra. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring whatever instruments they need to play, but often they're playing an instrument or two themselves, depending on their capabilities. And if this was something really special where we were trying to do some really fantastic design, then you'd put as much weight on their lead designer as you would the PM, because that would be the requirement that was most important to us. And in this case, we don't have like a super special issue because if we were focusing strictly on cost, their ability to price everything would be very close to the expertise of the project manager. And, and different companies have different levels of expertise, but if there's key players, they usually send you the resume saying, Here's our lighting consultant. Here's our road consultant. Here's our, our, our landscape consultant, our traffic consultant. And, and, and we're looking for all those different things. So somehow they have to demonstrate how they're going to do it and which people they'll do it with. Okay. I, I, when we did the town common, I read the proposals. It was so long ago, but they did have the resume for the landscape architect. So that was good. Found common, that's really important. You know, on, on a yeah. master plan, we may just say tree, tree, tree. Right. And, and line where we're not going to be picking species and, and looking for shadows and, and shade, shaded benches. Yep. And on the master plan itself, Amy, you remember that um, Donnie and Jeffrey, well, the people we kind of saw, Jeffrey was the project manager. Donnie had some specific expertise, but they used at least five or six other people Exactly. And developing the master plan also. So that's pretty typical of what they do. Not just VHB, oh. but all these firms. Yep. Okay. And we never met or saw any of the other people. No, we never did. Just Donnie and Jeffrey. That's called the making of the sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, and probably like I know when we were doing our downtown revitalization project, I would talk with the various disciplines. So like, for example, I would review the various design plans, I'd have comments, and then I'd have questions. And then oftentimes what the project manager would do would divvy up my questions to the various principles. So then the responses would come in and they'd be from those uh, disciplines. So uh, traffic, we had, of course, uh, a traffic light that we were redoing. So we had a lot of discussions about uh, traffic signalization and how that was going to work. And so uh, the involvement of the traffic engineer, the signalization expert came in at that point. Now, the committee didn't talk to that person. I did. Um, because they were usually questions that I had. And at one point we had a traffic engineer um, who was uh, helping us out on the committee. So he had specific questions. So we put the two of them together to kind of hash out the traffic signalization and, and what the goals were, so. 
that's generally how it works. So you probably won't see those people, um, but I may. So I, I have a question on the responses there. You said there are four of them that yes. we're pursuing. Those are not available online though. That, that those replies are not, or are they? They are not. So if you're interested in looking through them, then certainly, you know, I can provide them. I, like I said, I can't off the top of my head remember whether I asked for a PDF or not. I think okay. I did, um, in which case it would be in the envelopes. So I just kind of opened the envelopes and take, took the stuff out and I didn't really pay a lot of attention to that. Okay. Um, so I could very well, um, you know, make, make those available if you're interested in seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. So if they, if they, cause I saw that your responses or your addendum was online, but it didn't, it, we couldn't really see exactly what those were responding to. Yeah. So generally I would put the successful proposal. So whichever one is the one we go with, we can post that on our website. We generally wouldn't post the responses like on our website for everybody to see. Sure, okay. Um, but I, I could provide those to like individual committee members, that would be fine. Sure. Okay, any other questions or comments about the process we're gonna go into here for reviewing and selecting mm -hmm. interview candidates? I have one, Rick. I just, Laura, can you just tell me, does it matter that um, we interchange the terminologies, calling it a revitalization of downtown and or a master plan of downtown? Because just curious, because we seem to be, you know, changing the words back and forth in conversation. And does that matter or not? Um, well, of course, I have been told that this was a revitalization effort. So that's why I titled it that way. Um, so that's the way I'm thinking of it. Um, but I, I, I guess it's kind of semantics um, because it is really a master plan for the downtown. That's really what we're going for. Um, but it's a master plan for the revitalization of the downtown. So, um, All right, and that, that makes sense. That's, I just didn't know whether the scope of service that we were looking for, I wouldn't. I, I didn't want it to be you know, misleading or misinterpreted. So, I mean, that does actually make sense that it is a master plan of the revitalization of the downtown, but cutting to the chase and just doing revitalization is fine. Thank you. Yeah, and I think that uh, most of these firms are, are very much aware. They tend to have experience with doing this for similar communities like Weston and Samson. They did Millbury's downtown revitalization plan. So they put that in their narrative. And um, so they, they know the lingo. They know what we're looking for. Any other comments or questions? All right, so those of us on the committee, let's try and get over to Lori's office tomorrow and get our hands on the proposals. And then based on what we hear back from Ashley, tentatively right now, we're shooting to do a Zoom session at nine o'clock next Wednesday to uh, talk about our scorecards and see who we'd like to select to interview.
And we'll just confirm that, Lori, if maybe after, you know, if you've heard back from Ashley, if you could just send out a confirming email about that. Yes, and I also have to double check with Scott and John and make sure that they're available as well. Okay. So, um, Ashley, let me know, and then I'll uh, check with uh, the other two first thing tomorrow. Um, and also, if I can remind you folks that we close at noon tomorrow, so if you could uh, plan accordingly, that'd be fabulous. If anybody wants me to grab theirs and drop them at their house, I can. It's up to someone's not around. I should be able to make it in there. If I can, I'll take you up on that, Amy. But for now, I think I can get in there before noon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, why don't we move on then uh, to the second item on the agenda, which is an update on uh, the Complete Streets program. I know there's been some work going on with the staff about that. and. I was asking Lori about, you know, where do we stand on gathering public input and our, our ability to provide some input into Complete Street. So maybe Lori, you could update us on all that. Sure. So uh, the woman who is our main contact at Woodward and Curran, her name is uh, Megan McDevitt. And uh, she provided us with an update today. Um, and essentially what they've been working on is since we met with them a few weeks ago, um, they've been kind of compiling the, the list of projects that we have been, that we identified at that meeting, and they're like graphically representing them on a map. Um, so they have, uh, they're going to be sending us draft figures for each potential project to show the type, the location, and the extents. Um, so then we're going to review those. So those are supposed to be coming uh, like tomorrow. <laughs> and then we're going to review those. And we have a meeting scheduled for next Wednesday to make sure that they have identified the ones that we discussed at the last meeting and uh, that we're happy with the list. Um, and then we're also at that meeting going to be planning the public input session. Um, so what we anticipated is that there would be like a, an actual public in-person session um, where folks would have the ability to vote on the various projects. And then there'd be a survey component. So um, I haven't seen anything yet as far as like the makeup of the survey, like what it would consist of. So we're still uh, very early on in the planning process. Uh, one of the things that Scott had asked for was like a, a map that showed all of the various projects on one map. So instead of having like snapshot shots of each project, uh, we would have everything represented in one place. So that's something that they're going to be working on for our meeting on Wednesday. You told me, Lori, that built into the things you're prioritizing right now, there is some work that's going to be put on the plan that affects our current downtown area. Maybe you could update the committee on kind of what those projects are. Yeah, so... <laughs> So the, the three of us who met with the consultants, it was uh, Scott, it was me, and it was um, Fred, uh, who's the town engineer. <clears throat> and, uh, 
And uh, what we did is we brainstormed projects that are actually like in the works, as well as projects that are kind of high in the sky. Um, because one of the important things for the Complete Streets program is that if you want to get any funding for a potential project, then it needs to be on the list. Otherwise, they're not going to fund it. And it needs to be very highly ranked on the list. Um, so what we did is we identified various components of that red area. We kind of split it into sections. Um, and we thought about what our priorities were along various sections. So of course, one of the projects that we identified was a street tree, um, sorry, not street tree, a street lighting project. So that would be like pedestrian scale decorative lighting. So where we would like to see enhanced lighting, um, we included um, ADA compliance sidewalks, um, ramps and crosswalks. Uh, we were looking particularly at safe routes to schools. Um, so where there were gaps in the sidewalk network or where the sidewalks were in poor condition or there were inadequate um, crosswalks or ramps, uh, those were projects we identified. Um, it's hard to remember because this was like a month ago and I haven't seen the uh, priority list yet. But uh, definitely there were a ton of, ton of projects that we were talking about. We identified the uh, bike route up to the aqueduct. So connecting um, the downtown to the aqueduct project. Uh, we identified the aqueduct bridge as a project. Um, so we identified other locations where we thought that the roadways were wide enough that uh, people would want to ride bikes to like parks and playgrounds. Um, so all sorts of things. There were, there were like dozens of projects that we identified. And of course, uh, you know, Scott and uh, Fred identified the lion's share of those projects, but I wanted to make sure that the downtown was definitely represented. So okay. we'll share that when, um, when we get it. Okay. And will those public sessions have opportunity for adding projects or is it really just gonna be feedback on the projects that exist on the list now? vision that there would be an opportunity to add projects, but the emphasis will definitely be on prioritization of projects. Okay. Because we want to make sure that we have that ranking right. Yeah. Yeah, just one thing that, you know, I think from a, the committee's perspective, I, I said this a few times, you mentioned it to Lori again, is that you know, we've talked about what we want the our study of the downtown and our master plan to do and kind of the area it's going to encompass, but also connectivity from the downtown out to the resources in town is an important item to keep in mind. And so to the extent that those can be somehow involved 
in the overall look at, you know, complete streets and where things are going, you know, would be important. And so, you know, I don't know if it'd be possible even in advance of the public meeting, Laurie, if in fact this prioritized or this list of projects is sort of, sort of, sort of in a state where it's going to be ready to be discussed at a public meeting. If, uh, if we have a committee meeting prior to that time, if maybe, you know, we could get a look at, you know, that list and just get an idea of, from our perspective, what's already in there that makes sense based on the downtown plan. And if we think there are some things where things aren't being considered that we think are important, talk about how and when we might get those on the list. It could very well be that by the time this list is ready for review, it pretty much considers a lot of what we've been talking about. Obviously, you've been privy to all of our conversations. And I know, you know, you've been trying to provide that input into this where things stand right now, but I think it'd be good if this committee had a good idea about what's going to go before the public for ranking. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, okay. Other comments or questions about complete streets? I have a question. Um, does, since, since shady streets, especially on days like today, are a little more um, enjoyable to walk, does complete streets address street, street trees at all? <coughs> They do. That's not really their focus. Um, so like a better resource for street trees are uh, National Grid actually has a street tree planting program and also the Municipal Vulnerability Preparedness Program. Uh, they're trying to combat climate change. So that's a better fit. So the Complete Streets program is more interested in addressing gaps in the network. Um, so they're interested in doing bicycle facilities. So like bike racks and bike repair stations and sharrows and bike lanes and um, you know sidewalks where they don't currently exist. Um, so that's their focus. So if we had, like a project in there, which was, you know, add street trees to such and such road, it probably wouldn't be a competitive project for the complete streets anyway. It would be for the MVP um, and other grant programs, but just not that one. That's not their focus. Just, just as an aside, I um, heard recently that the MVP program maybe pivoting a little bit in the next year's round um, to focus on equitable distribution of these green services and green, like going away from infrastructure and more towards equity and inclusion, which is really interesting um, in terms of when you're thinking about climate change. So uh, just something to keep in mind as we're moving forward with our planning. Yeah, they're really into the um, green infrastructure. So like that low impact development, the rain gardens and uh, kind of the greening of downtowns. That's, uh, that's kind of their, their focus, um, you know, flood mitigation, stuff like that. Yeah, I think they did some surveying and people were saying we really want to focus less on the infrastructure and more on equity, I guess. It's kind of, I, I don't really know how they're going to interpret that, but it's just some surveying that they've been doing. And that was one of the outcomes, which is interesting because I didn't think there were that many infrastructure projects, but yeah. 
Yes, I did notice in the last grant round uh, that they did have quite a focus on uh, low income populations as well as uh, non English speakers. So they require like a huge amount of outreach uh, to those populations, disabled folks and the like. And the good thing is we have housing authority land in our downtown. So, mm -hmm. so that, that is good. That is a population we can serve with a downtown revitalization project. Glad we couldn't have gotten eight more units built there, but that's a different story. <laughs> any, uh, any other questions or comments about complete streets? Hearing none. Um, I guess all we have left tonight then is we have a couple of sets of minutes. The main minutes came out yesterday. I know there's been some um, modifications of those that Laurie sent back out again today. Are there any other comments or changes to the May minutes other than the what? has already been uh, changed in there. Uh, I only had one, oh, go ahead, Julianne. Go ahead, Julianne. Uh, um, I might've missed it, but usually when, when we do the minutes, it says that the chairperson read the directive from the governor. Is that included in those minutes? I thought it was not, but I... I don't think it usually is. And, and the Board of Selectmen meetings, meeting minutes, I think we always say the um, the chairperson read such and such. Yeah, we just we have having, sure. Sorry, you do we too? Have those in the planning board too. Yeah. In the minutes. I don't think we've ever had them in, in these. Yeah, we have not. Lori, I don't know if, if you think that's a requirement, you can add that. It's, it's up to you. But I, I agree with you, Ashley. I've never seen that in these minutes. I can't remember if she put them in the last time no. or not. Well, I don't think so. I've never, I've never seen it. I wonder if it's a requirement for an elected board, but not an appointed board. I don't know. If you want us to add that in, we can. Uh, I'm... Well, it's required to read it, right? It's required so, to read it, yes. So we might as if it's, if it's not a hardship, it's... Okay. okay I know the planning good. board has a long one. In design review, we have a really shorter one <laughs> where it just says, you know, that they were red. So maybe we can just add a short one. Okay, well, let's add that to May and then might as well add it to June also. Mm -hmm. We're still talking about May right now. Any other comments or changes to May other than what's just, already been done? There was just one inaccuracy about something I said. I don't know if it's that important. Um, on page three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraphs down that starts with Mr. Leaf asked about Wind Street, Wind Terrace, Park Street. And it says that I included some of those areas, but I didn't. So. <laughs> right, let's just take that out then. <laughs> Anything else about May? Having hearing nothing else, can I have a motion to approve the May minutes as amended? So moved. Is there a second for that? Second. Any more discussion as far as the May minutes? Hearing none, although I guess this, we have to do this by roll call. I guess I just can't say. I'm so okay. used to saying all in favor. Okay, uh, Julianne. Yes. Amy. 
Aye. Millie. Aye. Ashley. Yes. Uh, Fran. Aye. Uh, Jean. Yes. Rick. Aye. Dario. Yes. All right. So the main minutes are approved as amended. Uh, the June minutes were just released a little while before the meeting. Have people had a chance to read them and feel comfortable reviewing them tonight, or do you want to put that off until the next meeting? I didn't read them. I didn't have the chance to review them either. All right. Then why don't we uh, just make sure we have in the agenda for the next meeting, Lori, that we'll do the June minutes. I did have, as long as I, I did read them, I have one comment. Maybe you can make this change along the way on um, find them here. Uh, Rick, could you actually email the change to me? Because I don't even have those minutes printed. Okay. Yeah, I'll so do it'll that. be I'll... hard for me to find the okay, spot I'll... you're talking about. Okay, I'll, I'll email it to you. That would be awesome. Okay, then we will defer um, approving the June minutes. And I know um, Michelle was out of the office for a while. You know, she did not get these minutes done late because she just ignored them. She was out of the office uh, for, for personal reasons for a while. So she's just trying to catch up as best she can. So um, there's nothing uh, critical here about Michelle. So we'll just do these. And I know she, you know, given the fact she, that she's in the office on a regular basis, she'll get the uh, minutes of this meeting out sooner uh, than these did. So that's just kind of a, a variation to the normal plan there. Okay, um, is there anything else, any other topics or issues to come up before the committee tonight that we need to discuss? Here I have, uh, go ahead, I, I have a question. Oh, Gene, yeah, go ahead. Um, as we start this planning process, one of the goals is to uh, make downtown more appealing to people, bring people downtown, whether it's restaurants, shopping, using the river or living there. Uh, if we're gonna do that, I think we need to have a certain amount of public parking for people to park so they can enjoy downtown. Now, when I drive down Route 20, I don't see any public parking areas like you might find in Hudson or Marlboro. There's parking off of Gale Street with Asabet Park, which I drove through there today and there's probably 30, 45 spaces. So that can certainly be an area that we could focus on. Uh, but my question is uh, with regard to the fire station on Main Street, whether there is any area or any component of that development site that is or could include an area for public parking. And I don't have the answer to that question because I, you know, I haven't seen any plans or anything. So I'm just raising it as a question because by the time we get our downtown plan done, my guess is we'll be a little bit further along with the fire station, you know, by next uh, winter. So I have talked to John Kader about the fire station just kind of in passing. And he did tell me, because we have discussed the parking issue, and I agree with you. I think that's a big impediment that has to be addressed. 
Um, he did say that it is his intent to include some public parking as part of that project. So, Good. and there was talk about another parcel behind that the town owns that would also be available for public parking. Um, but yeah, I, I, absolutely. That's why we put that in the RFP that part of this planning process is gonna be an analysis of the existing parking that exists uh, and whether it's sufficient and how we can, um, what we can do about it, you know, whether, where we can allow on-street parking uh, safely and uh, signage is a big part of that. There is more municipal parking that exists that people have no idea where it is because it's not marked. Um, so the situation isn't as bad as it may appear. <laughs> well, I, that's, I think that has to do with parking count, not parking convenience. There's towns that have thousands of parking spaces and people don't go there because they can't park conveniently, meaning street parking. So right. whether you have 800 spaces and only 200 visitors, if they're not super convenient, then your parking doesn't work. And, and that's one of the biggest things you'll find out with the master plan. When you talk about Hudson, you talk about Marvel, you talk about any decent town, it's the street parking that matters to make it successful, not necessarily the amount of parking because people don't go looking for signs. If they can't get out, grab their coffee, get back in their car and go, they're going somewhere else to get a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Now, the irony is that even in downtowns that have plenty of on-street parking, the perception is always that there's no parking. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't quite understand why this is, but people go up to a place like Northboro Crossing and they have absolutely no problem walking, you know, <laughs> several hundred feet to the entrance of the store. But when they go into a downtown, they think that if they have to walk more than 20 feet to the storefront, then there's no parking. So right, Lori, that's an expectation. When you go to a mall, you don't expect convenient parking. When you go downtown, you do expect convenient parking. And if it's a funny thing, Yogi Berra said it, like when you talk about not enough parking downtown, um, he'll say that town, town, nobody goes to that downtown anymore. It's too crowded. <laughs> well, because the parking is successful and it's filled up. I mean, and if it's filled up and you can't find a spot, that means it's working, you know. So maybe exactly. they do have to go a little deeper, but that's it's really how it works. And a mall, you go to a mall with the expectation you're going to park in a huge parking lot. The minute you turn up that drive to go to Northburg, you know that's an hour episode. No one's going there for a quick cup of coffee, they're going there to buy stuff, to eat dinner, to get groceries. They're going downtown, you know, it's a quick in and out process in most cases, whether it's even getting their hair done or, or nails or, or, you know, it's, it's a very different dynamic. And, and it's amazing how it, how it works if you just look at the, the consistency across the board and what works. Quantity can, matters. Can I, just, can I just interrupt for a second? I got a text from John Campbell saying he's got a message saying he's waiting oh, to yeah, be yeah, entered. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see him now. He just uh, popped in. Yeah. Kind of late. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> um, but the irony, the most successful downtowns, Hudson being one, you don't park right in front of the storefront you want to go to. 
it takes you five minutes to find a parking space and then you got to walk another five minutes. So, so that's the irony. That's, all, that's, that's exactly what uh, Yogi Berra said. Yeah. And the same that as downtown man. anymore because you can't find a parking spot because it's the park. It's being used so much. <laughs> exactly. And Concord and Quincy Center and yeah. East Yeah, Mountain I just went Square. to Brookline and it's street parking everywhere in downtown, downtown Brookline. And it's incredibly successful. But if someone says you can't find parking downtown, it means it's working because all the people are using the downtown. There's no better, there's no better affirmation that it works to say, I can't find a spot downtown, so I go in the parking lot. Well, you've created that desirability where you filled up the front and now they have to go to the back. Well, it doesn't help that most of us don't know how to parallel park either. <laughs> Fair enough. Brand. And you know, that sort of brings up the question, maybe they, the parking area that's next on Gale Street, uh, adjacent to Acevet Park, maybe that should be on the complete streets reconstruction project because, um, you know, if you want to make it useful, it probably could be uh, reconstructed and improved. Yes. But that's good. Okay, that, it's looking... Uh, it's looking pretty run down. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, we have my attractive. Sons. It's not oh. a place you want to park and walk from. And I think that's part of all these downtown dilemmas is you have to have a nice trail to walk to want to park in one spot and to, you know, pass nice storefronts and, you know, have a pleasant experience getting to wherever you're going. Um, and I, I keep looking at, at the landlocked parking lots throughout our downtown that if they interconnected, if they were metered, if they were striped for convenience, we could create municipal parking out of them that really did um, fulfill that function of getting people to, you know, mul uh, multiple, multiple choices of places, but also make it a pleasant experience to get out of your car and walk, you know, around the downtown. And another project that we identified is the fact that there's no sidewalk that goes from the Asset parking lot to the downtown. So mm -hmm. that's uh, another big problem. Can I... That's a big deal. Well, there there is, but there's not one down Gale Street, right? Or Monroe, right. I can't remember which one that is. Yeah. It's, um, it's only another... on a portion of the street. It's not con continuous from the parking lot to say the common. There's no parking, there's no sidewalk that goes, uh, connects it, it those It is, two but then you you have to go down South Street and all the way around, right? So, yeah, right. it's not, it's just not convenient. You could do it, but yeah. Nobody's going to do that. Go the other way. The other <laughs> thing nobody's is- Nobody's going to do that if they want to go to the Covent. No. They're just going to walk at the no. street. Of course yeah. not, yeah. Um, and we were there, we had my son's birthday party at the new playground. Uh, last weekend and the parking lot was chock full. There was not a single spot. There were people parking on the street. There were people parking along the parking lot on the back of it under the trees. Like it was just totally full. Mm. So just the playground use will fill up that lot in the summertime, at least. And then on days like this, especially. Yeah, exactly. Splash pads open. It's full. That's, so. you know, we really do need to look at on South Street heading towards Westboro on the side, just, you know, I mean, that's it, so unused over there where the dumpster is, the other access to the, the pool. Right. Yeah. Know, yeah. If, we, if we could even just get graveled 
parking on that side of the street, parallel to the street. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, anything else before we adjourn? Hearing nothing, may I have a motion to adjourn the meeting tonight? So moved. Second. Is there a second? Can we agree to that by consensus, please? So we don't have to vote individually on that. Anybody, anybody not wanting to adjourn? Hearing none. We are adjourned. Thanks for your participation, everybody. And next meeting will be the uh, whatever it is, third Thursday in August. We'll meet again. Thanks, Rick. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Have a good night. Bye.